Welcome to another episode of Pep Talks, a child nutrition podcast. Kicking off this episode, I'm Jaren. I'm Cheyenne. And today we're joined by Jean Ronnie SNS, the Senior Consultant for Protein Food Service Advisors and the past president for SNA. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Pep Talks. started, can you tell us your name, your position, and how long you've been in the child nutrition industry? My name is Jean Ronnie, and I am a senior consultant with ProTeam Food Service Advisors. I've been in the child nutrition industry for over 28 years. So how did you first get involved, and when did you first get involved in nutrition services? I grew up in Minnesota and went to Iowa State University, where I got a degree in hotel and restaurant management, institutional food service. So that really, my passion is around uh, food service and the just being able to serve folks. And, you know, I really lucked out, uh, kind of fell into school nutrition. I was um, working for a small consulting firm or contract food service management uh, consulting firm called Service Systems back in the day. And as a district manager, I had many different accounts, business and industry, some public cafeterias. Uh, government agencies, and also a few school districts throughout Minnesota. So that's really my first introduction to school food. So we see that you served for 24 years as the Nutrition Services Director for uh, St. Paul Public Schools in St. Paul, Minnesota. During these years, what are some of the highlights from serving in this position? Well, as I mentioned, for me, school is truly a passion. I had a father that was the uh, teacher, brother that's a teacher. My father ultimately ended up being an assistant superintendent for a local school district and actually oversaw the, the food service department as part of his role and responsibility. So when I got into that position, um, I really felt like I had kind of come home. Uh, it was just such a wonderful growing up experience to have my dad involved in school and for us as well. Um, so one of the blessings, I would say, for working in this position is just being in that educational arena, being in a setting where teachers, principals, custodians, food service, uh, teachers, everybody was interested in how well kids did. Um, it also gave me an opportunity to kind of use my creative side when it came to uh, working with food in a unique and creative way. We happen to have a very diverse population in St. Paul Public Schools. Uh, and so having over 100 languages and dialects spoken, it meant how would we best serve that customer base, those kids that um, may have just recently come from another country and moved into uh, America and having to be exposed to some of those foods that they weren't familiar with. So it gave us an opportunity to develop recipes using community and staff and uh, colleague recipes and introduce those to our kids. It also really gave me an opportunity to to do marketing. Um, I've learned over the over the years that school food people do great work, but they don't always talk about it. And uh, for me, that was really fun to be able to position school food within the school district and have the entire district shine because of the efforts that. Uh, my team did in making great food possible for kids. And as a follow-up, actually, you mentioned that you have over 100 languages represented in, in your district. How have you gone about uh, ensuring that your marketing efforts meet those demands so everyone can comprehend the uh, message you're sending out? Well, I, I think the best way to introduce creative recipes um, is to really look at the 
student population. What are the kids, where are the kids coming from? What are the foods that they're familiar with? And, you know, a lot of trial and error figuring out the best way to get creative recipes that we could actually afford um, and that we could actually serve, uh, produce and serve in our schools it was a challenge, but it was, uh, while it certainly had challenges, it was very rewarding when at the end of the day we were we were successful. In some cases, we worked with local companies. Uh, Catilla uh, Tortillas was a company that helped us develop some uh, Mexican food recipes. We worked with some moms of our Somali students that helped us develop recipes that would make sense for our kids. And one of the last things that um, we got involved with was producing some food, some breakfast food for our current kids, students that um, really were not familiar with cold breakfast and were, were most used to having uh, a basmati-type rice, a jasmine-type rice, uh, stickier rice, I should say, for breakfast, and that was what they were most familiar with. So working with students, working with parents and others to develop that recipe, the team in St. Paul was able to come up with a uh, sticky rice served with either a teriyaki chicken or scrambled eggs um, as a delicious breakfast food that the kids were were happy to see. After serving as the nutrition services director, you later transitioned to the chief operations officer for St. Paul. Was this a challenging transition for you? <laughs> well, it was a transition, that's for sure. I uh, Over the years, I had taken on some additional responsibilities within the district. Um, I'm somebody that likes to challenge and found that uh, there were opportunities within the district to tackle new challenges. Uh, over the years, I had taken on the Department of Print Copy Mail Center and turned that department from one where they were, and actually it was a team that did this, uh, but they, we had a great team that turned the department around to being profitable. Um, we, I also had the storehouse operation within the school district and then later uh, the custodial department, which was an incredibly rewarding experience. So I had some non-food service, school food service departments that I'd already led, uh, but I fell into it. My boss left the district uh, right before school started and I was asked to fill in. And oftentimes filling in for a position means that you're ultimately asked to um, continue that role. Now, what kinds of lessons or strategies have you been able to use in the chief operations officer position that um, you picked up from serving as the nutrition services director? One of the things about school food that I think people are often surprised by, we're probably the most heavily regulated department within a school district, as well as other departments having those regulations as well. So I came into the job knowing uh, that policies, procedures uh, were going to be critical to be for any department to be successful. Uh, tight budgets. Um, certainly I always looked at school food service as being kind of a nickel and dime business. We margins were absolutely so tight. And in our district, which I know is not uncommon for other districts, uh, pinching pennies is kind of a routine thing. Operations departments tend to be the departments that when there's budget squeezes, um, they need to find ways to save money. So the idea of um, running a tight ship in school food um, really fell into or or was a pattern that we needed to follow in other departments, transportation, 
custodial facilities, safety security, technology, um, and on and on. Those are the departments that also were being squeezed. Can you tell us a little bit more about your current company, the Protein Food Service Advisors? Like, what kinds of services do you offer child nutrition programs? Just kind of walk us through the process for consulting with a client. Sure. Well, we have a a number of different services we provide. I'm not involved in each and every one of those. Uh, One in particular is our menu support system. And we really have, I kind of call it the dietitian behind the curtain that can help school food service folks, especially those that might not have a dietitian on staff, be able to uh, have menus that are that that are meeting the guidelines that um, help them make sure that their production records are are well done. So that system is uh, a wonderful one and works really really well for school food service operators that that don't have that system or don't have the time to do those kinds of things. We offer an awful lot of training programs um, at the state level through conferences. Uh, to districts as well as some cooperatives around um, the country. We offer fiscal solutions, and that can be anything from helping folks assess their organizational structure to uh, financial uh, systems that are going to keep them, keep their, help them keep their eye on the ball. Um, systems for benchmarking, key performance indicators, those kinds of things. We also offer support for equipment um, and facilities planning. It might be as simple as helping someone write an RFP for trayline system, uh, making sure that they get what they need at the end of the day. We offer marketing support, and Fresh Eyes uh, is one that I that I really enjoy, and that's going into a school district and really focusing in and listening to the client as to what their needs are and kind of giving that program an overarching view of what they're doing well and what are the kinds of opportunities they have for improvement and growth. Now, how do your past roles um, in the child nutrition industry help you with what it is you're doing the consulting uh, today? Um, I've had a lot of experience with peer reviews through the Council of Great City Schools um, that was a opportunity to go into a large urban district with a team of colleagues to evaluate a school food service operation and really, again, kind of look at what's working well and what kinds of recommendations could come forth. Um, I've assisted with the development of key performance indicators for the Council of Great City Schools and benchmarking tools. So, and of course, being in a large urban district, certainly Central Kitchen, we had a Central Kitchen, and that's um, an avenue that's really um, benefited, um, I guess, visioning for what's possible when it comes to preparing uh, foods from scratch in a cost-effective manner. What would you say is your favorite thing about your job? Uh, well, while Chief Operations Officer was a challenging position, uh, very political, as you can imagine, um, and high-paced, uh, lots and lots of meetings, lots of um, systems thinking work. What I really, truly love about this is school nutrition has always been my passion. And to have stepped away from that from three for those three years uh, was, was difficult. Um, I had a wonderful, I, Stacey Copen is the director in St. Paul, and she and her team just do a marvelous job. They certainly didn't need to be running the program. So what's so nice now is to really be able to to deep to be back into that 
um, and supporting schools, doing the best they can for the kids that they serve. Do you have any favorite memories or success stories from past clients that you've consulted that you could possibly share with us? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And, and I have enjoyed working with every single one of the clients I've worked with in this last, I guess, almost year. In a local district in Minnesota, in Grove and South St. Paul, um, one of the clients had, she was retiring, she was actually retiring this September, and she really wanted to see her operation do every, be in a place where whoever was going to take over would have things laid out well for them. So she was really looking for a fresh eyes review just to um, make sure she was doing everything the right way. Well, one of the things uh, I was asked by the, the, the superintendents in those two districts, she supported two districts, is how in the world are we going to replace this talented director we have? And I really didn't think that they could. Um, they were asking. She was doing an awful lot of work. So out of that um, recommendation came, or out of that review came a recommendation for them to hire an assistant director, which they did do. And they have now um, not only have an assistant director, they also have replaced Kathy as a, with a, a new person to run the department. So that was a great success, I think, because they now have some bench strength um, for for the future and some succession planning already in place. In Rapid City, South Dakota, um, Janelle Peterson, the director there, took the Fresh Eye Review and built a five-year plan that she presented to her boss, the superintendent, and the school board for the kinds of things that she really wanted to be working on, and that included new new production equipment. It included a um, RFP for a... Uh, pre-played operation because that's a system they have in place. And she also uh, looked to have us assist her with menu support. And then uh, the most fun was working on a cafeteria makeover for all of her secondary schools. Um, And that was just a beautiful program. And I think um, the students are going to just be so excited when they come back to school to see this new image and new brand that she's got for her program. I've also um, supported districts with our nutrition committees, so advisory committees, really being that subject matter expert to give background advice and uh, support to the kinds of things that they were looking for their district to uh, pull off over the next few years and what's reasonable, what's not. Uh, So it's just another pair of eyes to really... um, help that district focus in on what's possible in their situation. Another one was a meals per labor hour study that we worked on with a local school district here in Minnesota, where they weren't quite sure if their um, high schools were operating at maximum efficiency, and we were able to do a comparison uh, of meals per labor hour for similar districts that uh, really gave her uh, a roadmap for what she could expect out of her high schools. So that's just a few examples of the fun work I've been doing. Now, Jean, while you were making the huge leap from Nutrition Services Director to Chief Operations Officer, you're also selected to serve as the 2015-2016 President of the School Nutrition Association. In fact, many of our listeners who are listening right now will definitely recognize you as their fearless leader from a couple of years ago. So how did it feel to be selected for this important leadership role? Once you make a decision that you are invested in the School Nutrition Association, um, 
and you know, for that, for me, that didn't happen for a long time. I was raising children. I had a busy life. Um, but when I made that decision to uh, put take those two feet of mine and put them all the way in, um, there was no going back for me. To run for vice president of this incredible organization was um, it's hard work, uh, requires dedication, and an awful lot of um, work to get the position. Uh, obviously, it was an honor for me to be selected as that leader. Um, I'm humbled to this day to have had this opportunity and really feel blessed to have had the chance to meet the people that I've met to be able to serve the membership. And, um, yeah, it, it truly is. If anyone out there is thinking about uh, putting their two feet in, uh, please do. It, it, the rewards are far greater than any work that you might put in. How did he manage the challenge of juggling both of these very important roles during that time frame? <laughs> well, when I was asked to do the permanent position for chief operations officer, um, I did so with a caveat that I would get to continue in my role. At that point, I was vice president of the association. Um, I wanted to continue that work. I would not have taken the position if I weren't allowed by my district to do so. Uh, also, obviously, the School Nutrition Association had to ensure that it set, it set within the rules and regulations that, that SNA has for me to, to continue to serve. And once those two barriers were out of the way, um, I, of course, had to get my family's blessing. And my husband was in the was really ready to leave his job. He was driving ridiculous amounts of time to a job. He happens to be the best cook in the world and uh, it's been an incredible supporter of mine. So uh, he actually retired, and um, I was able to say, you know what, I'm not going to make it home even by dinner time. Would you throw something in the fridge for me? So he was um, sort of my stopgap, made sure that I was fed and taken well, well care of during that time. And, I, of course, I also used my vacation time to serve SNA. So um, I was really happy last year when I took took really uh, a wonderful vacation during the first week of school. Uh, he and I escaped to Hilton Head to uh, play on the beach for the first week of school. So I credit um, all of those things as allowing me to be successful in both of those roles. Now, what were some of your priorities as you headed into your first year as president? Well, you know, I, I really, you probably heard this a few times now, but I, I really am a systems thinker. I, I believe that procedures, um, policies, and um, having standards in place and measuring and uh, keeping things organized and on track make for the best-run organization. Um, the people side is, is a given, but those kinds of things make a difference. I didn't view my year as, as president as being, I guess, air quotes around my year. I really wanted wanted to instill, if I left a legacy, it would be that we were a systems organization. Um, strategic planning is something that is, we do strategic planning. It's not my year as president. It's not so-and-so's year as president. So we needed to build systems, or I wanted to build, ensure that we had those systems in place that carried us from year to year. And I think um, we managed to accomplish that. Um, we did more investing in uh, listening to our membership um, right now, this last year, uh, Becky and uh, all of those at SNA have established many task force where we bring uh, folks from around the country with different points of view together 
to tackle um, issues that have been of challenge to the organization or are challenges to the profession. And getting more people's perspectives on decisions that are made by the association uh, has been um, a real asset. And I look at our 58,000 members now um, in the growing uh, growing membership of the association as I'm hoping that the membership is seeing that we're listening, uh, the association is listening more and more to them. Um, I kind of have this little, I guess they, they gave me at my little, my last um, event with the executive board, they gave me an olive branch. And I um, believe a big believer in partnerships and reaching out to those across the aisle, uh, political aisle or divergent opinions or different organizations to um, be partnering with others because there's always something we can do to work together. So olive branching, I guess, is something I was good at. So it sounds like you accomplished quite a bit during that time. Um, aside from that, what are some other important lessons you learned while serving uh, our national organization? Well, you know, you never will feel, I don't care what your job is or raising children, that um, you've done enough. Um, but what's wonderful about our association is it's ongoing, it's continuous improvement. Uh, it's never going to be perfect, but each group of folks that comes to serve on the board, each new employee that gets hired by the association brings something new to the association and to the membership. So I think it's, it's a process. It's not a once and done. You know, SNA truly is an, is an incredible organization with incredible staff. And that was one of my big ahas when I when I did begin working closely with the association is that so many of the things that uh, we as members serving membership um, behind the scenes are some incredible people that are assisting us in making sure that uh, we look good when we're doing our volunteer work as well. What would you say is your favorite part of serving as president? Clearly members, um, and I think this has really assisted me and the work that I'm doing also with Pro Team in that through state visits, through conferences, I've just gotten to know so many people um, that have similar backgrounds but very different backgrounds across the country. While we may be all doing similar work, there are flavors and um, just different flavors to how things are done, what kids want, uh, what membership wants, just those differences across the country make it a richer experience and organization. Um, so I would say at this point, too, with the career that, I've, that I'm now in, it's giving me that same opportunity to be seeing things through different lenses, through different, uh, different states, different dialects. I, I just think about... <laughs> My Minnesota accent, you know, <laughs> and then going to some place in the South and hearing Cheyenne. Uh, Cheyenne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good example. You know, it's it's a blast. It's absolutely a blast. Um, so yeah, I I'm having a ball. What advice would you have for someone who might like to serve in a leadership role in the future, whether it be in their own organization or a national organization like SNA? Well, most people underestimate themselves. Uh, what they're capable of, how they're viewed, we're our worst enemies often about what we're capable of doing and how we see ourselves. Uh, if you want something, you do need to go for it. 
ask those are you are those around you that support you and care about you um, what do you think about this how would how would this be there are a lot of folks in the wings ready to serve at national level positions in the association and the reason they are getting there is because they're willing to put their neck out throw those two feet in uh, they but they also happen to have folks that are in their corner um, when I've seen talent out there um, you know, I, I talk to them and encourage them. So if you know of somebody, anyone out there that knows of somebody that would make a great leader in a, in a school district, in your own school district, or at the national level or at the state level, encourage them. For me, all it took was Dora Rivas, uh, who was the president and she was the director in Dallas, to tap me on the shoulder one day and say, Jean, would you be interested in uh, being a uh, co-chair of the School Nutrition Industry Conference, I was so taken back that she thought that I could do that job um, that it really was the impetus for me to run for national office um, as president. So if any of our listeners would like to learn more about your current organization, the Proteam Food Service Advisors, where should they look? We have a wonderful website called ProteamAdvisors.com. You can read about the kinds of solutions that we offer, and we have a nice blog where you can read some of the things we've been up to and some current thinking. Just like Primero Edge, we've got some resources that might be helpful for folks, also training materials and other things that uh, would be of interest to our members and those listeners. All right. Well, that should just about do it. Um, Is there anything else you would like to add at this time? No, just thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gene. Thank you, too. All right. You take care. You You too. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our guest today mentioned marketing, and marketing is something that's definitely important in school nutrition. If you're interested in marketing your menu and your menu items to your students, be sure to check out Primero Edge's solution, School Cafe and School Cafe TV. And there's a lot more where that came from. You can always check out our slew of content that we have provided for you by visiting PrimeroEdge.com forward slash blog. You can also subscribe to our podcast and listen to our archived episodes by visiting PrimeroEdge.com forward slash podcast. And feel free to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter by simply searching Primero Edge in the search bar. Closing out this episode, I'm Cheyenne. I'm Jaren. And that was your full serving of child nutrition. <laughs>